Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. All right, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Do it, get out your sermon notes, get out your Bibles. We are continuing the series. It's actually going to run another couple of weeks called My Biggest Enemy, My Biggest Enemy. Um, I'll say it like this, John chapter 8, verse 44 says, Satan is a liar, and he's the father of all lies. He's the initiator. He's the author of all lies. It's what he does, and he's very, very good at it. And we said it this way, that yes, Satan is our biggest enemy. Satan obviously is our biggest enemy. But I would even go deeper than that and, and say, say it this way, that my biggest enemy is the lie that I believe, is the lie that I believe. So every time Satan speaks, he's speaking to you a lie. And, and, and if you start believing those lies, it's going to lead towards destruction in your life. Let, let me say it another way, everybody. Satan is not out to benefit you. He, he's not living for your good. There's no, there's no good in the devil, okay? And he's very real and he's very active. And he wants to do some things in your life, but they're not good things. And one of the major things, one of the, the, the major roles that he has, one of the major uh, uh, schemes that he performs is lying to people, is lying to people. And if you believe the lie, it's going to lead towards destruction. But if you believe the truth, the Bible says truth is what sets us free. So we said it this way. And again, if you have questions about that, it all makes sense if you go back to the podcast and listen to those. But my biggest enemy is the lie that I believe. It makes me a prisoner of deception, and it robs me of a rich and satisfying life. So if you believe the, the lies of the enemy, that will make you a prisoner of deception. And again, we studied that in detail over the last couple of weeks. But here's the truth. The truth is, what we're going to be speaking about today is the truth is the devil is not God's equal. The devil is not God's equal. I, I told my, my uh, mom and dad something recently uh, that even if I'm, if, if I'm going to Google and I'm searching something about Christ or something about God and, and I'm just, you know, Googling something, I, I can't Google without capitalizing God's name. Like, I, I, can't, I can't just put a little G there. And if I do on accident, even if I'm Googling it, I'm going to go back and fix it. But, but I, I, I remember this being raised that my mom always used to say, how many knows my mom and dad? Raise your hand. You know my mom and dad, right? My mom always used to say, hey, hey Justin, we don't give the devil any credit. We don't give the devil any credit. Like, if we would talk about the devil, she'd say, whoa, we don't give the devil any credit. And you know that stuck with me, even to the point now, everybody, you might think this is silly. Maybe this is just me and I don't really care. You know me, I'm just transparent. That any time that, that I'm writing something and I have to put the devil or Satan, I do not put capital D. It's little d to me. It's little s to me. Because I don't, I don't give the devil any credit, everybody. I don't give him any credit. Like, I don't, want, I don't live my life to glorify the devil. I live my life to glorify Christ, Okay. Now, in the Bible, though, the Bible doesn't give the devil glory. It, it, the Bible exposes who the devil is. And that's one of my jobs as your pastor, is not to give glory to the devil, 
but to actually expose who the devil is and what he's doing. And I'm going to do that just for a few minutes this morning, and I'm going to prove to you that the devil is not God's equal. The devil is not God's equal. So concerning the devil, letter A, write this down. He is a created being. He's a created being. Now, we know God is creator. The devil is not. He is a created being. I'm going to read out of Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 13. Do we have that on the screen? Ezekiel 28, 13. Could you go back? There we go. What's this? You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Now let's stop right there. Uh, that's, that's where, have you ever heard a pastor or Bible teacher say the devil was the worship leader in heaven before he fell? And, and that's where they get that verse, that there were, there were uh, uh, instruments that were prepared for the devil. Let's go back to 14. He says, you were, an, you were the anointed cherub who covers. Verse 14, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways. Verse 15, from the day, watch this, from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. That, that tells you, everybody, that the devil is a created being. Now, I'm going to describe his fall in a second, but make no mistake, he is a created being. Being, You can look at Colossians 1 for that as well. Letter B, he rebelled against God. He rebelled against God. So we're going to continue in Isaiah chapter 28. And also Isaiah 14 describes the fall of the devil out of heaven. But Ezekiel does a great job at this. And again, almost every scholar believes that when he's writing, when Ezekiel is writing, he's writing about uh, the devil in this portion of scripture. Ezekiel 28 verse 15. Let's start right there. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the, firing, the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Make no mistake, everybody. At some point, and again, I'll explain this to, to you in a second. At some point, the devil rebelled against God. He rebelled against God. You say, what time did that happen? At what point did he rebel against God? I don't actually know. But I do have an interpretation of Scripture, so I can't, I can't nail down the, the exact time. I don't think anybody can, to tell you the truth. But the Bible says in, Gen in, the, in the book of Genesis, when God was creating the heavens and the earth. Remember, uh, on the seventh day, he rested. But why did he rest? Well, as an example for all of us, but he also said, after day six, that all that he created 
was good. That all the, that he created was good. Now between creation and obviously the serpent in, in, in the garden or the devil in the garden when he tempted Adam and Eve, at some point something went from all good to sin being introduced. Everybody see that. So when did the devil fall? I believe it was after creation. After creation. Because the Bible clearly says that all things, that God rested because all things were good. All things that he created was good. Now, if you have a different interpretation about that, do not email me. I'm, I'm going to delete it, all right? So, because uh, I, I don't, you know what I mean. I'm just telling you my opinion. That's just my opinion. Everybody see that, right? Okay, 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 okay. So I, I don't, I don't, yeah. Okay, ready, letter C, write this down. He has authority over demons. He has authority over demons. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. Then war broke out in, the heaven, in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Who's the dragon here? It, there, any, any Bible readers in the room today? Who's the dragon here? It's Satan, it's the devil, it's not a trick question, it's the devil, you're going to read that in a second. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, the dragon and his angels, the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, watch what that says, but he wasn't strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. So there is authority that the devil has over demons. Okay, there is authority that the devil has over demons. Let, let me tell you something uh, before, especially at this time of year, and this really wasn't planned today, it just is what it is. In this day, I, I know that Halloween is coming up in just a few days, and, and let me, because we have so many people in this room that are, that are new to the things of Christ, and you, you've only recently started loving and, and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ and reading your Bible, and I, I'm going to help you out with something. Uh, be very, very careful what you watch and what you allow into your home, especially at this time of year. When, when you turn on the television and everything is haunted this and haunted that and haunted this and haunted that, and there, there are shows about ghosts and haunted houses, and, and I just want to tell you something, everybody, before I go any further. A lot of people say, they, a lot of people have asked, we get this during the Q&A series, do you believe in ghosts? Let me answer it like this. I believe in demons. I believe in demons. There is the kingdom of light, and there is the kingdom of darkness, and there is no third kingdom. There's only two kingdoms. The kingdom of, of God and the kingdom of, of, of the devil. In fact, the Bible says that, that the devil is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That, that at one point, in fact, in the Garden of Eden, that, that Adam and Eve was given the keys to this earth and Satan tempted them, them and they fell. And when they did that, they handed the keys of this earth over to the devil to rule for a little while. But one of these days, everybody, his rule is coming to an end. How many know that's the truth? His rule is coming to an end, and Jesus is going to show himself as the ultimate victor, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. But make no mistake about it, everybody, the devil is very active in this world right now, and so are his demonic forces. A lot of theologians, a lot of Bible scholars believe that one-third of the angels, and I would tend to agree with them, one-third of the angels rebelled against God and... and, and uh, Again, let me, let me say it this way. So at this time of year when Halloween is just around the corner, um, 
Be very careful what you allow in, in, into your eye gate and ear gate. Be very careful what you allow into your home. Uh, my home is a sanctuary. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a place that I want the presence of God to dwell in at all times. Therefore, I restrict what is seen or not seen in my home. Everybody see what I'm saying there? Very protective over that. But meaning this, all of that stuff, it's, it's not games, everybody. It's not to be trifled with. There, there's a serious battle that's occurring in the world today, and we need, to, we need to see it for what it is. Now, we always get this question, too. So does that mean you're against trick-or-treating? No, I don't care about that. I'm not talking about that. Like, in fact, last year, Jennifer and I were just talking about it, and I didn't know this really until she said something. We, we took Delight, you know, our youngest, who's adopted from Haiti, she's eight years old, and last year we took her uh, trick-or-treating. She probably dressed up as a princess or, or whatever because we thought that she would love the thrill of going out and getting free candy. Because if you know Delight, she is all about the candy. <laughs> all about the candy. When I come home, at any time, really, she'll say, she'll come up and give me a hug. Hey, Dad, how was your day? Good, good. So, and then she'll ask me sometimes two or three times, so you had a good day? Yeah. Dad, can I have a cookie? <laughs> like, you're playing me. You're playing me for a cookie. And um, she's just all about the candy. And last year, she, she went around and she just cried and cried. My feet hurt. My feet hurt. My feet hurt. And Jennifer started carrying her for a little while. So if a child dresses up in a costume and goes door to door for some free candy, I don't care. Listen to your pastor. I don't care. But that's a little bit different. Getting some free candy is a little bit different than, than allowing shows that celebrate demonic activity or allowing movies that celebrate the acts, the works of Satan, everybody. That, that's where we need to be careful. You say, well, tell me what to do. I'm not going to because there's no vacancy in the Trinity, meaning I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I, if I stand up here and say, okay, thou shalt watch, but thou shalt not watch, then I'm going to create a very legalistic church. I don't want to be legalistic. I just want us all to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many think that's a, a smart thing to do? We just all led by the Holy Spirit. Let him speak to you. And, and if you're watching something and the Holy Spirit says, no, don't watch that, can I just encourage you? Just shut it off. Just shut it off. And, and maybe some of you today, today are, are maybe recording shows that you kind of like, you know, and but the Holy Spirit's kind of whispering to you, hey, let's not watch that anymore. Can I just tell you, go ahead and just delete that recording. Just cancel that re recording. Cancel that series. And let's let God's presence fill our home. Let's concentrate on his goodness. And, and don't give in to the schemes of the enemy. Everybody got that? Can we all say amen to that? Amen. Okay, is, you, know, you know that's balanced, right? That's not legalistic. That, that's, just, that's just real life. We don't celebrate the things of the devil. We celebrate the things of God. That's who we are. After all, we're Christ followers. We're passionately devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the devil has authority over some demons, over what I believe a third of angelic forces that rebelled against God as well. So he is in charge over demons. Letter D, his thoughts and actions are always evil. He has nothing good planned for you. He is always evil all the time. John 10, 10 says that the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. Let me, let me break this down to you a little bit, everybody, that um, out of all the situations that you're going through, I, I, over every attack that the devil has that, that's occurring in your life right now, I, I would suggest to you that every attack that the enemy brings into your life will fall into one of three categories, either killing or stealing or destroying. It's going to fall into those three categories because that's what he does. 
So, so somebody comes in and says, you know what, we're having marital problems. Well, the devil's trying to destroy your marriage. If somebody gets, uh, in fact, we, we, we've prayed with several people this week that the, the devil just attacked some people this week. And we went to them and prayed over them and prayed the prayer of faith because the devil is, is stealing their health. He, he, he's trying to kill them. We have somebody in our church this past week that was diagnosed with very progressive cancer, stage three in the lymph nodes, and is gonna have some removed as well as part of his tongue. And, and we're believing for the miraculous, everybody. By the way, if you belong to church somewhere, and even if it's not New Song, if you're visiting today because you had some family members or friends that were being baptized, God bless you. Go back to your home and, and make a difference. In, or go back to your home church and make a difference in that community of faith. But do, but do this. Make sure that your church home is, a, is, is, is filled with people who know how to go to God on your behalf. You need to be surrounded by faith-filled believers. Because when people, when people uh, uh, experience difficulties in life and they call and say, hey, would you pray for me? I'll say, I'll, I'll do better than that. I'm, I'm not just gonna pray for you. I'm gonna believe for you. I'm gonna fight the good fight of faith with you. Like, you're not alone. I can't tell you the number of times I've told people, you are not alone in this battle. We are battling this with you in faith. And you need to be surrounded by people like that. And if you say, you know what, my, uh, the church that I go to, they're not really like that, you be the one then. You go back to that church and be a faith-filled believer. Did you know the Bible never says to live by doubt? Come on, everybody. You should have amen right there. The Bible never says to live by doubt. It says, the Bible never says blessed are those who doubt. No. In fact, everybody, the Bible says that we live by faith, that we walk by faith. Amen? That we're not supposed to be, God never encourages doubt. He always encourages faith. So we live by faith. And, and, and listen, you need to be a faith-filled follower of Jesus Christ. Believe his word. And I'm going to teach you that today and next week as well. I promise you that. You're going to learn how to live a faith-filled life. His thoughts and actions are always evil. He has nothing but bad things in store for you. But God has nothing but good planned for you, though. See the difference? God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good plans. You're gonna be prosperous. There, there's a hope, there's a future there. That's for another day. Well, I mean, it's for today, but that's to talk about for another day. Okay, here we go. Letter E, he is not equal to God. The devil is not equal to God. And I have some verses here that's gonna prove that to you. I'm gonna go through this very quickly, but 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and of sober mind, or be sober, be vigilant. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. So he, he's literally looking around, can I devour you? Can I get you? Can I get you? Can I get you? You know that tells me a couple of things? Well, first of all, if he's prowling around, he's not everywhere at all times. He's not omnipresent. And if he's seeking for someone to devour, then he's not omniscient. He, he's not all-knowing. In fact, if you read some other verses there, one of them I put was Matthew chapter four. Remember, Jesus is in the wilderness and the devil is testing Jesus. And he's saying, hey, why don't you do this? You know, if you're really the son of God, why don't you do this? Because surely that would happen. And I would suggest to you that the devil doesn't know what Jesus' response is gonna be. He's not all-knowing. In fact, if he was all-knowing, would he have had to, to kill all of the toddler boys throughout the entire region uh, at the birth of Jesus Christ? Remember the Christmas story? Like, would he have had to kill all of those babies? Or is it that he didn't know which baby it was? 
Why? Because he's not all-knowing. He's not all-knowing. He's not equal to God. He's not equal to God. In fact, I found some of this past week. This is a total side note. I, 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 so this is, this is kind of cool. Uh, I don't even think the devil has freedom of speech. And it's in the Bible. I, I just read it over the weekend. It was so cool. Zechariah chapter 3 gives this, this, um, uh, um, this scene, this scenario where this person named Joshua is standing before God and his, his garments are very dirty. They are stained with sin. And the Bible says that the devil is there accusing him, accusing him, has a lot of words to say. Oh, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. And, and, and then somebody speaks up and says to the devil, the Lord rebuke you. Okay, this is Justin's paraphrase. As the devil is accusing Joshua of all of the sin, somebody rises up and says, in the name of God our Father, shut up. The devil doesn't even have freedom of speech. And by the way, the, the angels took all of the, the garments that were stained with sin off of Joshua and placed on him beautiful, clean robes, Zechariah chapter 3. You'll have to read that for yourself. It's wonderful. You know, if you read your Bible, it's all in there. It's cool stuff is in there. If you read your Bible, it's great, it's great stuff. Letter F, write this down. His future is already determined. His future is already determined. And he knows it, by the way. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, the lake of fire, thrown into hell, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. L listen, everybody, the devil's future is already determined, and he knows exactly what it is. He's not naive to that. It, and in fact, everybody, can I, can I tell you something else that I believe, that this is, again, my opinion, I believe is happening in the world today. That, that the devil is becoming more frustrated and more frustrated and more frustrated. Why is that? Because the Bible says in the last day, God, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Meaning the church of Jesus Christ is going to rise up in the last days and become the church that we were meant to be. And that's going to frustrate the schemes of the devil. And what happens when you get frustrated? Don't you get really mad? I mean, when you're frustrated, because one thing adds to another, adds to another, adds to another, and then you get angry, and I think the devil is just getting more angry and more angry. Can I tell you another reason why he's frustrated? He knows his final resting place, which isn't a re place of rest at all. It's actually a place of torment. He knows he's going to go there. He's not naive to it. You're like, well, how does he know? Does he read the Bible? Even if he didn't, I'm sure he's heard a few preachers at some time or another preach from Revelation chapter 20 that his, that his future has already been determined and he knows it and it's frustrating him and he's angry. And trust me, he's out to do three things, to kill and to steal and destroy. But we serve a great God. We serve a great God. He is a devil, little, little D, but we have a deliverer Capital D. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, we serve a great God. That's who we're going to talk about now. Now, concerning God, he is the creator. Write that down, number one. He's the creator. This is just basic stuff for you today because it's really going to continue next Sunday morning. You don't want to miss next Sunday morning. He is the creator. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. 
Colossians 1, 16 and 17, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Make no mistake about it, God is creator, but the devil is a created being. You say, why is that significant? Why is that? It's very significant because God is all-powerful and the devil is not. In fact, write that down. Number two, he is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. Revelation 19, one says, after this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Like all glory, all power belongs to God. Why? Because he's all powerful. He's all powerful. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible, not just a few. But all things are possible. Why? Because he's all powerful. Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why, why was that? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Yes, he's the son of God, but he also is God. Uh, that's a sermon for another day. But Jesus said it himself. He said, me and the father, we're one. Like when you see me, you see the father. Jesus is going around saying, no, you don't understand something. Something all of you need to know is all authority has been given to me. Why? Because I'm all powerful. I'm all powerful. He is the head over all things. And then the last one, number three, this is the good stuff, everybody. Just starting to get to the good stuff. Well, I mean, it's all been good, but here's the great stuff. He always wins. God always wins. God always wins. He does, he's, let, let me say it this way, everybody. God's not a loser. Now let's put it in today's vernacular. God's not a loser. He always wins. And he's going to win in your life. And in fact, when things are going really, really bad around you, when you're, when you're being attacked of the enemy and, and the devil's schemes are against you, can I tell you something? That God takes all of those things and still works them for your good. Yeah, if you say, well, if, if, if Jesus is in control, like if Jesus is always winning, well, he's really doing a bad job in the earth today because look around. It's really, really bad. Can, can I tell you something? Let me agree with you for a second. If Jesus is in charge of the world right now, he's doing a terrible job because we're surrounded by, by death, by sin, by hatred, by corruption, and that's just in our nation, everybody. You know what I'm talking about, right? How many know there's a little bit of corruption in Washington, D.C. alone, right? If you say, well, Jesus is in charge of Washington, D.C., he's doing a bad job. Can I tell you something? Right now, remember Adam and Eve, they handed the keys of this world over to the devil. They had a lease. God gave them the lease to this earth. And when they sinned, they handed that, those keys over to the devil. And the Bible calls him in Ephesians that he is the, the, the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Like he's in charge. What you're seeing right now is a result of the devil's scheming. All of the corruption, all of the death, all of the killing, the stealing, the destroying. That's evidence that the devil is at work. But one of these days, he's going to get his one of these days, Jesus is coming back again, and he is coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And I promise you, God always wins. He always wins, no doubt about it. God isn't a loser. In fact, let, let me prove this to you in Scripture. It, 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 can, can I, 
I have three verses there. You can read those all on your own, but I have another verse I want to share. Again, this just came out of my own personal time with Jesus. This weekend, John chapter 1, verse 5 is not going to be on the screen, but let me just read it to you. John 1, verse 5. You can write it down if you'd like. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John 1, 5. Isn't that a great verse? That the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, can never extinguish it. God always wins. He always wins. Why don't you put your sermon notes away? I just want to minister to you just for a moment before we call it a day. And as you put your sermon notes away, I, I want to tell you, just remind you, next Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about, not, today we talked about God's authority. Next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about your authority as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a child of God. I, I'm, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to give you the answer before we even ever get to next Sunday morning. As a child of God, you have authority over the devil. The Bible is very, very clear about that. And I'm going to teach you about that next Sunday morning. And, and there's some people in this room that's already saying, well, he might, well, Justin, you might have authority because you're a pastor. Can I, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Um, God shows no favorites. He shows no favoritism, does he? You're just as special to God as I am. We're all, God, God loves us all the same. He loves us all equally. He loves us all. And I'm going to tell you something. You have authority over the enemy. You have authority that you can walk in according to the word of God. And I'm going to teach that to you next Sunday. But in the meantime, you need to know something that God always wins. That victory, the Bible says, victory belongs to the Lord. Let me give you some scriptures. If the Lord is for us, who could be against us? It's the Lord who fights for us. Some trust in horses and others trust in chariots, meaning some trust in people and stuff, but as for me, no, no, my trust is in the name of the Lord. He is my hope. He's my life. And everybody, he always wins. God is an amazing God. He's an amazing God. And, and I know... In just a second, we, we had a, a mess up, in, or, or not a mess up, it was planned in that we had the baptism today and their normal order of service didn't happen like it normally does because of the ba baptism and then we want to get the sermon and I know we still have, we'll still have to take up the offering at the end, that's planned, it's going to happen in just a, a couple of minutes. But right now, I, I just want you to close your eyes and, and uh, just think about something very quickly. Are you in a battle right now? Are you in a battle? It, is the devil trying to kill or to steal or destroy something or someone in your life? Can I encourage you today? The victory belongs to the Lord. 
Just with your eyes closed, think about that. Let's have a moment where we pause and meditate on the things of God. Are you in a battle right now? 1 John 3, 8 says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. God always wins. New song, God always wins. Are you in a battle today? Is the devil trying to kill, to kill or steal or destroy? I'm reminded of 1 Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. God always wins. He does not lack in power. He does not lack in knowledge. And his presence will fill your life and your home and his power will deliver you from the schemes, the attacks of the devil. God always wins. I'm not saying it's not tough. The Bible says there's gonna be trials and tribulations and suffering. Yeah, it's gonna be there, but God always wins. And if you have something that you're battling with right now, you just say, Pastor, I just, I just want you to know so, I, so you can battle this with me in faith so that we can, so we can just battle this together. I want somebody not only praying with me or praying for me, I want somebody believing with me, believing for me. Would you raise up your hand really high? Nobody's looking around. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You're gonna make it. This song, God's got this. You can put your hands down. God's got this. <laughs> He's got this. The victory belongs to the Lord. He's all powerful, but he's also all loving, and he loves you, and he sees you, and he's gonna deliver you, because that's who he is. Be encouraged today. He is the God of life. He is a generous God who gives. He delivers us. He fights our battles for us. When we are weak, He is strong. Would you open up your hands toward heaven? Let's just all do that. Just open up your hands toward heaven and let me bless you. Heavenly Father, I bless New Song Church by my family, these that I love so very, very much. Lord, I bless them with every good and perfect thing that you have for their life. Lord, I speak over them deliverance and victory according to your promises, which are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And I declare over them life and life in abundance. I speak healing virtue to flow from their head to their feet. I declare provision in their life that you would supply their every single need. And Lord, I also speak peace over them that passes understanding and joy that comes in the morning. I pray that it would be a joy that is full of glory, glorious and inexpressible joy. Let it be theirs. 
Lord, I thank you that praise will be upon our lips and in our mouths as we testify to your goodness, your greatness, your power. God, I thank you that you always win and that we can trust you. We love you with all of our hearts. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.